Well, hello, Seacoast. So good to see all of you. We're glad that you're with us this weekend. I'm Josh Surratt. If I haven't met you, I know there are a lot of you maybe checking out uh, Seacoast for the first time or new to Seacoast. We are so glad to have you as a part of this family. And I want to welcome our uh, extended family, all of our campus locations throughout South Carolina and up in Asheville, North Carolina. All of you watching online, we are glad that you are here as well. I know a lot of you are online because uh, you have health concerns. And man, we're so grateful that we're able to stay connected. And we're so proud of you for staying connected to your church, even though it's not ideal circumstances. Some of you are online because your habits have just changed. And uh, I wanna invite you back. Come on back. We'd love to have you in the, in the room and in the building. Uh, yeah, we're, we welcome you. I'm not the only one that agrees with that. So love to have you. But um, how, how about we start with some good news? You guys okay with that? Good news? You guys remember uh, about a month ago, we had our legacy weekend and we just cast a vision for what we saw God doing here at Seacoast over this next couple of years, and we asked you guys to pray about being a part of it, and uh, we had set a goal last year in 2019. We brought in just under a million dollars for our legacy weekend, and we were like, all right, we're just going to believe God that he's, that we have a lot of vision, and so we were praying that we, we would get a, a, about $2 million would come in for the vision this year, and that was a, a big goal, and, uh, but we threw it out there and just said, we don't, don't pressure you around here. If you're new to Seacoast, you're never going to feel pressured to give ever. Uh, it's not how we do it. Uh, but you guys came, we came in at $1.997 million, came in for the vision. We need about 300 bucks to hit that two million. But man, what an amazing deal. And, and I'm telling you, we've already begun to use that. Uh, we, we've gotten God's word, the Bible, into the hands of 30,000 children through a partnership with One Hope, which is really cool. A lot of cool things. I'm not going to go into all of that, but we will be telling you all year long and showing you opportunities for how God is going to use that to continue to expand his kingdom here on earth. And I'm just super grateful to be a part of this, this family and thankful for you guys' belief in the vision. And uh, so that's great. Good news. Good news. In other news, how's your 2021 going? <laughs> it's a little bit, a little different, huh? You know, I think a lot of us were hoping the turn of the year might change things, but it turns out uh, circumstances are still there, right? And uh, I know if you watch this week, uh, it's a pretty, pretty difficult week uh, in our nation. And we're reminded of uh, the division that is there and of the challenges that we face. And, and I don't wanna get deep into that today, but what I do want us to do is what the Bible calls us to do as believers. And that's to take a moment during our time together and just pray. Second uh, Chronicles 7:14 says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will heal their land." We need God to heal our land. We need a move of God. And so I want us to take a moment and pray. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our government. We're going to pray for our leaders. You know, there are uh, government leaders, uh, several of them that, that attend our church. And uh, in a church like Seacoast, you're not going to agree with all of uh, the leaders that are here. You don't have to vote for them. But what we all have a responsibility to is to pray that God would move, that God would humble people, that God would give wisdom, that God would bring unity and make a way where it seems that there is no other way. And so let's pray uh, before we jump into the message today. God, we just come before you today as your people. Lord, we are called by your name. You have rescued us from darkness. You have uh, captured us with your love. We are called by your name. And God, we come today humbly seeking your face. Lord, seeking to turn from our wicked ways and asking you to heal our land. And so we just pray, God, for our government leaders right now. God, I pray for a spirit of discernment and wisdom to come on them. 
We know it is divided. We know it seems impossible to come to, to, together on certain issues, but we pray, Lord, that you would make a way where there seems to be no other way, that you would move, that you would protect our leaders, God, that you would just bring our nation together. We do believe that this is a nation that was established by you. Uh, it, it was established in you. And so we pray, God, that the greatest days would be ahead of us and that you would move in a powerful and a mighty way. And help us as your people, called by your name, to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. God, we just ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, uh, yeah, let's thank, thank God for what he's doing, believing that he's going to bring about a move. Yeah, we're entering into a season as a church, and I can't think of a better time for us to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting than right now uh, in our nation. And so we're, we're doing that. 21 days starts tomorrow. Uh, which is Monday, January the, the 11th. And what we'll be doing is we will be gathering together here in this room and in our worship centers across our campuses at 7 a.m. It'll be 45 minutes of worship, prayer, a short little uh, prayer thought for us. It'll guide our, our prayer. Uh, and, and we're gonna do that on Monday through Thursday. Then we'll gather together on the weekends to pray. And a lot of people are gonna be fasting. And, and some of you, again, you may be like, I'm not sure I've never done that before. That sounds like what those super spiritual people do, really, here's all it is, simply saying, you know what, I'm gonna find a way to distance myself from the world and draw closer to God. And so some people do that with, uh, you know, food items, maybe it's uh, a Daniel fast, which is fruits, vegetables, nuts. Some people will just eliminate maybe sweets or alcohol or something from their diet to go, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna separate myself from that. But, but here's, a, 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 I would think, as important, if not more important thing, is a soul fast. To go, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my soul a break. Maybe that's from the news. Maybe that's from social media. Maybe that's from whatever. To go, you know what, I wanna silence the noise in my life so that I can lean in and listen to what God has to say for us. I think he's gonna speak to us over these next 21 days. And so we're inviting you. Everybody's invited. This isn't just for the mature Christians or the seasoned veterans. This is for all of us to lean in and then try to, try to get a word from God. And so uh, I'm excited about this weekend as we jump in. How many of you uh, are plant people? Like you, you got plants at the house, you like to keep plants alive. Okay, a lot of you guys do that. My wife and I, uh, we're getting better, I'll say that. We didn't always do real well with the whole plant thing. And um, we got married almost 20 years ago. It'll be 20 years this coming summer. And when we got married, uh, thank you. Yes, clap for Lisa. She deserves applause for that. But um, there is a couple that worked with us at Outback Steakhouse. They're an older couple. Again, we were 21 and 20, so we were young. Uh, and they gave us a plant. And they were like, hey, this is one of those plants that it just, you don't have to do anything. It, it's indestructible plant. And we were like, okay, that's great. We named it Tally because it was Terrence and Allie that gave it to us. So we gave it a name and we got excited about it. We took it to our house, which was a 400 square foot cinder block dorm room at Charleston Southern. And we were like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna water this thing and we're gonna give it all of our attention. As best as we knew how, we were trying to keep that plant alive. And uh, I would even speak to it. Uh, somebody had told me one time that if you speak words of life, even to plants, that they'll, I'm like, I'm talking to that plant and you're gonna live and you're great. It's the first living thing that we'd ever had to take care of as a couple. And it was about three months later that we were doing the funeral for Tally. Tally did not make it. Uh, Tally did not flourish. And sometimes I can relate to that when it comes to like our, our New Year's resolution. See, we actually killed the plant 
If we would have left it alone and let it grow in its natural, it would have been fine. But we were working so hard and watering it over it, we ended up killing the thing. And sometimes we try to kill ourselves. You know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna make it happen. And, and we end up not flourishing like we hope. But I believe that it is possible for all of us to flourish this year. In fact, we're starting a brand new series. I've been so looking forward to it. It's called Super Bloom. Most of you have never heard that phrase before. But how many of you, just by hearing the words, you're like, I'd like a super bloom this year. And that sound just such a great word. And I was at the Johns Island campus a couple of months ago, Joey Svensson, the campus pastor, we were merging the James Island and Johns Island campuses together. And he talked about a really dry season that he had gone through uh, with, with mental health and depression. And I remember walking him through that season and, and God gave his wife a picture of just a wildfire. And they felt like, man, we are going through a wildfire, and it led him to discover this natural phenomenon that happens, very rare, called a superbloom. And it only happens in desert, dry conditions, and it may happen once a decade or so. It's, it's not a common occurrence at all. But it comes after unusually dry drought conditions. And after years of drought conditions, with the right amount of rain and the right amount of cloud coverage, this phenomenon happens and there's this explosion of life and of wildflowers in the desert. In fact, I've got a picture for you of a super bloom. On the left is kind of a normal uh, spring bloom. And you can tell just desert, dry, arid conditions. And on the right is every decade or so. In certain places, California, the Middle East, there will be this explosion of life. And here's what I believe. I believe that we are coming through an unusually dry season. Uh, as a nation, uh, with COVID, with some of the stuff that we faced, and some of you even more so in your own lives, whether that be dealing with loved ones who have been ill or sick or who have died or you've gone through relational challenges, but we've come out or are coming out of unusually dry conditions. And I think that the time is, is ripe for a super bloom. And here's what I'm not saying, because I know there are some of you like, dude, for real? Like, have you paid attention to what's going on? Have you watched the news lately? And I have. And what I'm not saying is that, man, health and wealth, everybody's gonna be great, and everybody's gonna have, you know, your bank accounts are gonna grow and all of that. Because guess what? Your bank accounts can grow, and you still not be blooming or flourishing. I mean, that, we all know that, right? It's not, I'm talking about flourishing in the right areas of our lives, in our soul, to where it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, as Christ followers, we are called and have the ability to flourish under any conditions. And that's what I'm praying for in 2021. And, and, and there's a really cool passage of scripture. So I, I hear this, this phrase, I start researching super bloom and what, what causes that and how do they come about? And then I start looking into the scriptures to see does, it, does God's word have anything to say about this? And it's amazing that it actually does. In fact, there's a passage that I wanna read to you in Isaiah chapter 35. And I read this and it just blew me away because in Isaiah 34, that it's all about the judgment of God. It's, it's, he's talking about the very, very harsh, difficult times that Israel is going through. They're basically experiencing 2020 over an extended period of time, years upon years upon years of 2020. And, and, and he describes it and it's depressing when you read that. But that's, if that's the only verse you read is Isaiah 34, it's gonna be a bad day, but you gotta get to Isaiah chapter 35 because he talks about a super bloom. Look what he says in verse one. He says, the desert and the parched land will be glad. 
the wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. I believe that he had seen a super bloom. As he describes these conditions, I believe he's in the Mideast, he's in Israel, very dry climate. I believe he has experienced a super bloom and God gives him this picture of what's to come for the nation of Israel. It bursts into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Then in verse five, it says, then will the eyes of the blind be open, <clears throat> the ears of the deaf unstopped. So it's not just nature, it's God's people begin to flourish. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Anybody want to be overtaken by gladness and joy this year? And sorrow and sighing will flee away. God gave him a picture of what's to come. It's a prophetic word for Israel. In fact, if you go with us on our Israel trips, shameless plug, November 3rd through the 13th, we're going again. You actually see some of the fulfillment of this prophecy because you walk through this desert area and there are parts of Israel that are just blooming, that, that back in the day were totally dry. But it's also a, a picture of a prophecy of Jesus coming, of a time when the, the promised Messiah would come. And, 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 and because of what Jesus has done, it's possible for all of us to live a life that flourishes. And I don't know what kind of drought you've been facing in your own life, but I believe it's time for us to flourish. And my goal today is just to help you believe that that's possible and show you out of God's word where, where we can flourish under any circumstances. And then we're gonna take the next few weeks to dig deep into that and help us not just hope for pie in the sky, man, it would be awesome if God blessed us, but what do we do to see that happen? And so how do I flourish in all circumstances? I have three thoughts for you. I'm gonna spend most of my time on the first one. If we're gonna flourish this year, 2021, it's gonna be your year to flourish, I have to be planted in the right soil. I have to be planted in the right soil. I've got a, uh, an a acorn here. You guys, can you see that? I know it's pretty small. I picked this up in my neighborhood uh, just the other day. Did you know that inside of this seed is the potential for an oak tree? Everything that, that this seed needs to, to turn into an oak tree is inside of this, this little seed. This can become, I think we got a picture of, of an oak tree. This can become that. It's got everything it needs to do it. But, but the problem is if I took this acorn, I'm like, all right, I'd really love to see this thing have an explosion of life and growth, which is what a super bloom is. I'm gonna take it, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna water it, right? I'm gonna just, I, I'm gonna spend some time and let's see what that does. Just water it and watch it for a little while. And I'm gonna put it in the perfect sunlight, right? You guys are all smart enough to know that this acorn has no chance of becoming what, what it could be unless it's planted in the right soil. And you know what? The same thing is true for you and me. There are seeds of life in us. There are seeds of growth in us. That there, there's potential. God designed us. He, the Bible says that, that we are his workmanship created in Christ to do good works, to make a difference in this world. And there's all kinds of potential in us, but it's, it's never gonna become 
what it could be if we don't plant ourselves in the right soil. And so I've got three types of soil that we need to determine. 2021, I can't control how fast the growth comes. I can't control a lot of it, but, but I can put myself in an environment where I can grow. And there are three soils. Number one is the soil of God's love. God's love. Look at Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. Paul says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And Paul is saying, hey, you have to understand, you have to be rooted in God's love. And it's, it's not just obvious. A lot of us, because we've spent our entire life living with a flawed person, right, ourselves. We've we spent our entire life uh, seeing and experience our own disappointments, and we've tried, but rooting ourselves in our own love, and, and our own love can grow cold from time to time. But he says, man, I want you to be established, rooted, planted in God's love. There are some of us that are here today that we've never done that before. We've never planted ourselves in God's love. How do I do that? It starts with going, you know what? I need to just make a decision to follow Christ, to surrender my life to Christ. God's love, the Bible says God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, so, so that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. I like to think explosions of growth and life in us. And that's just recognizing that I'm a sinner. I don't have to convince a single one of you that you're a sinner. You, you already know that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're painfully aware of the ways that we fall short and going, you know what? I'm gonna surrender my life to Christ and root myself in his love so that one day when I stand before God, I'm not going, hey, look at what I did. I tried to do more good than bad. That doesn't get us anywhere. Going, you know what? I, I just received his love and I gave my life to him. Understand that he came and he, he lived a sinless life so that all of the ways that I fall short, I don't, have to, I don't have to pay the price for that. He already did on the cross, rooting myself in his love. There are some of us that we've done that. Maybe we've done it a long time ago. But like Paul said, man, I want you to grasp how deep, how wide, how, how extravagant God's love is for you. That man, you've You've fallen short, you've disappointed yourself, maybe you've disappointed some other people, but when you wake up in the morning, because of what he did for us through Christ, he is crazy about you. He loves you. He wants you to be established in his love. I gotta plant myself in that love. I also have to plant myself in the seed of God's word. God's word. Does anybody agree with me that it's kind of hard to figure out what's true and what's not these days? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you read the, the news and you read stories and you're on, and it's like, I don't know. Everything I read is coming through somebody else's filter. Somebody else is slanting it. It's very difficult right now to figure out what is true and what is not. And that's all the more reason for us to plant ourselves in God's word, which is the source of truth. Look at Psalms chapter one, verses one through three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf 
does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do, whatever who does, whatever people who are planted in God's word. It says who meditate on his law day and night, who, who get God's word, God's truth into us and we root our life in that. And, 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 and I know that for a lot of us, it can be kind of intimidating to figure that out. I mean, what, what is it, where do you start? The Bible is such a complex book and it's got all kinds of history and poetry and all of this stuff. How do I start? And I'm telling you, it's never been easier to, to plant yourself in God's word. I, I, I know some of you have this, a lot of you do, but if you don't, I'm just gonna show you an app. It's the, the Bible app. It's version. And our friends uh, out of a church called Life Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma City, uh, or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, they established this thing. And it's, it's really been amazing in getting God's word in the hands of anybody that wants it. And so you can get it on any of your, your, your phones, your Apple or whatever, you know, you can Google Play, you can get the, get the app. And when you download it, there are all kinds of different reading plans. It'll just help you get in the habit of getting into God's word. This one that I'm in right now is, it's a 21-day plan called Fast Like Daniel. My friend Scott Williams wrote this one, and I figured I'd show it to you since we're getting ready to do a 21-day fast. I know it can be hard, you get off track on it, but this is a daily reading, and it's got a devotional. I'll show you the sample of the plan. A devotional where section one, he talks about Humble, you know, learning to be hungry for God. So he's gonna give you some truth out of God's word, a little devotional thought for you. And then there's a passage, Daniel 1, 12 through 16, that's gonna talk about what Daniel did and the kind of fast that he did. And it's short, simple, but it gets yourself planted in God's word. You can do that around the fast. You can do it around any topic. I don't know what area of drought that you might be walking through. Maybe it's in your marriage, okay? Well, let's see what, what does God's word say about marriage? I, I, I searched that one. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans on marriage. Bulletproof, that sounds good. I'd love a bulletproof marriage. Sample that one. And it's gonna have a, a devotional, you know, thought about trust, building trust in marriage. And then it's gonna take you to a scripture about marriage. And so whatever you're dealing with in life, you can pull open that Bible app and search workplace, you know, business, marriage, relationships, you know, trust, whatever it might, addiction. And you can find what God's word says so that you can find truth and then build your life out of that truth. 2021, let's let this be a year that we plant ourselves in God's love, in God's word. One more place to plant ourselves, which is in God's house. Psalms 92, verses 12 through 15. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. It says when we plant ourselves in God's house, in God's church, with God's people, that we will flourish in the courts of our God. And I love what it says in verse 14. They will still bear fruit in old age. Does anybody still want to be bearing fruit in old age? I do. Anybody want to be 80, 90 years old going, man, I still believe God. I want to love God more when I'm 80 than I do when I'm 40. I want to, I want to be bearing fruit. I want to be making a difference in old age. It says if you want to do that, plant yourself in the house of God. They will stay fresh and green. Think about Michael Morris, man. <laughs> I, love, I love Michael. You're really old. I don't know how old you are, but, but, but man, you are fresh and you are green and I still wanna, wanna follow God in the way that you follow him because you've stayed planted in the house of God. I wanna be like Caleb, who's like 80 years old. God, give me that mountain. I'm ready to go fight for it. It's, it's my time right now. I wanna stay fresh. But if I'm going to, I gotta, 
I gotta stay planted in the house of God. What does that mean? Make worship a priority. I'm, I'm two for two uh, this week on weekends. I, I, wanna, I wanna get 52 weekends of worshiping uh, in, in the house of God. We talk about things like inside track, and that can feel real mechanical. You know, it's like, oh, campus pastor's mentioned that again. It's not mechanical. It's, it's a place that you can go and meet other people who are also kind of getting connected and choosing to plant themselves in God's house. And you begin to build relationships with other people, and you begin to feel planted with other people. Small groups. We, we, you have not experienced all that Seacoast can offer you if you haven't connected into a small group. I love my small group. We're meeting tomorrow to kind of talk through beginning of the year and where we're going this year. I could talk to you about my small group, but I asked some friends, uh, the Ravens, to tell you a little bit about their small group experience. So take a minute and uh, listen to them talk about being planted in God's house. So I started coming to Seacoast back in 07 when I moved here from the Maryland, D.C. area. And my lovely bride and I got married August of 2019. And so I moved her here from Atlanta and we're going to Seacoast every Sunday. One of the things that we made as a priority that we wanted to do in our marriage was to join a small group. I was actually in service and actually pinned to the cross that I would like God to introduce me to some families so that my wife could walk into having some friends. And I literally walked <laughs> out of the service and Roddy and maybe 12 other people were actually standing, congregated in the middle of the church. And a friend of mine named Scott said, hey, I got a bunch of friends. I don't think you've ever met any of them. How'd you like to come over and meet? And that's how we met Roddy and Lena. And as we began to really get close to each other, we both expressed the need to actually, you know, eventually want to do a small group. Thought it'd be a great idea. And literally the timing couldn't have been more perfect when the pandemic period hit. second marriage factory for both of us. So we were really intentional about what we wanted to do and what we wanted to be the center of our marriage. And one of the things we always talked about was being around couples that were or were going where we were. And these couples have all been married for 20 plus, 12, 24 years, 20. 25 years. And it's just been really good for us to see, you know, as we set our foundation, hear about what they've gone through, what has worked. It's been amazing to actually, you know, hear everyone's story. It really creates a small family for you, because I know with me coming from Atlanta and, you know, wanting to meet new people and new friends, it instantly gave me that group of people who love me, who, you know, things that I may be dealing with, you know, I can send my friend Lena a text message and she can instantly encourage me. If you're on the fence about a small group, I feel that you should not be afraid to maybe check more than one out instead of sitting at home and trying to figure out, you know, why is this happening? Why is God doing this? Why is God doing that? With the pandemic on top of everything that's going on election-wise and with all the social civil unrest, it's just been really good to have each other to lean on instead of just what the news has to tell us or just what comes across the pulpit because it's always good to hear someone else's point of view and what God is speaking in it. Help me thank the Ravens for sharing their story. I, I get so excited watching that because I know, I mean, I, I've been to hell and back with Chris Rabin over, over these last 15 years that I've known him, but, but I know that there's gonna be stuff they're gonna deal with. I can't guarantee anything about the circumstances, but I know that they are planted in the house of God and that they're gonna flourish spiritually and in the areas that matter most in our lives. Y'all, 
Take, take me up on this challenge, 2021. Just do it. Work, work the system. Use inside track. Get involved in a small group. Make worship a priority for you. And tell me at the end of the year if you're flourishing or not. I promise you that if you will do it, again, this isn't health and wealth. This isn't a guarantee that your bank account's gonna grow. This is a guarantee that your soul is gonna grow and that your spirit is gonna grow and that we can flourish in any circumstances. I have one minute and 49 seconds to do the last two points, all right? So let's jump in. I told you I was gonna spend most of the time on the first one. Second thought, so I gotta, I gotta be planted, right? Be planted in the right soil. Second thought, stay planted, especially when the weather gets bad. Especially when the weather gets bad. Listen, I read that verse about the, the oaks planted by a river. Here's what I know about oak trees is they get their nutrients, right, from the rain and from you know, the sunshine like any other plant. But when they go through a drought or when they go through extreme weather conditions, they don't get their nutrients from the normal sources. Their roots begin to dig deeper. They begin to search the ground for more nutrients, for deeper nutrients. And when we go through bad circumstances, that's what happens to us as well. We grow deeper if we will stay planted. And you're gonna be tempted, especially when the weather gets bad, when you don't feel like it, or even especially when we bring about circumstances that cause the weather to be bad. Anybody else have a testimony? I've done that a few times in my life. And you're tempted to do like what Adam and Eve does. When they sin, they wanna run away from God and hide. But when we're planted in God's love, we're planted in his word, we understand that, man, when we fall short, that's the time to lean into him, to stay planted, to keep coming to church, to lean in to your small group, stay planted. Look at this next verse in Matthew 24. Jesus is talking about the end times. I believe he's describing our times. If you just look at that, read that, that passage, Matthew 24, you'll see a lot of similarities to what we're walking through right now. But he says in verse 13, because lawlessness will be increased, Anybody noticing any of that? Any lawlessness increasing uh, around these days? He said, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one that stays planted, the one that resists the, the temptation to give up on that friendship or that relationship just because you disagree about something. Listen, here's what I can promise you. I'm gonna say some things this year that you're probably not gonna agree with. Just most likely, sometimes I'll do it accidentally. I may misspeak. I actually do occasionally make mistakes. Not as many as you guys do, but occasionally I will, I will make a mistake. I'll say something that maybe rubs you the wrong way. That's, that's all the reason to dig deeper roots. You know, the, the, the deep roots of my marriage, most of them came through some really dark and dry circumstances. Sometimes that we really rubbed each other the wrong way, but I'm so grateful for people that when they disagree with me or they see something, that they'll go, hey, brother, help me understand that. And, and we'll, iron will sharpen iron. Our roots will go deeper and our relationship will become stronger. But most of us give up before we get to that point. Don't unplant yourself from, from God's word, from God's house, from the love of Christ, just because the weather gets bad. Stay planted, stay planted. Some of you just need to remember that. You're gonna come into a season later on this year that you're gonna be tempted to pull away, just stay planted. Growth is not fun. Lisa's word for 2020 was grow. As soon as she told me that, I said, don't do that, babe. That's a bad word. <laughs> Growth is never fun. Growth never feels great, but it's necessary for us to dig deep roots 
in our faith and to really flourish. Ultimately, with super blooms, the reality is that there's good seed, the, the wildflower seeds, essentially they just outlast the invasive seeds that seek to choke out the life that's there. And sometimes these dry seasons, that God's using them to choke out some things in our lives that need to go. Some ways we've depended on stuff that we shouldn't depend on, or maybe we've looked to sources that aren't gonna ultimately bring about that explosion of life and growth that he wants for us. And the last thought for us is to look for rain. Look for rain. See, we can plant ourselves and we can stay planted, but ultimately we need the rain from heaven to bring about life and growth in our lives. I think about one of the most significant droughts in human history happened back during the Old Testament in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18. And this prophet Elijah had been trying to help the nation of Israel turn to God. This was a drought. Much of it was because they had turned their backs on God. And he's like, turn to God, turn to God. And there's this moment on Mount Carmel where they have this showdown with the prophets of, of Baal, which are these false idols that, that people had turned to. And God burns them all up. And then Elijah goes up onto the top of this mountain. And the Bible says he puts his head between his legs and he begins to just pray for rain. God, it's time for this drought to end. Send your rain, send your rain. And so he tells his servant, he says, I want you to go up to the top of the mountain. I want you to look out to the Mediterranean Sea and, and look for rain because it's coming. And so this servant, I'm sure he's excited. He's like, all right, here we go. Let's do it. He goes up to the top of the mountain. He looks out towards the Mediterranean Sea and he comes back. He says, Elijah, I, I'm sorry, but there, there's, no, there's no rain. There's not a cloud in the sky. He says, okay, go again. So he goes again. Sorry, there's no signs of, of rain. There's no signs of, of life. And, and seven times he goes back up and he looks for rain. I wonder at what point does the, the servant start to think, Elijah, maybe we should, you know, maybe, it's, maybe God's gonna answer this prayer differently than what you thought. There's just not rain coming. But on the seventh time, he continues to look for rain. He continues to believe God for rain. And he, he says, okay, I've got good news and bad news. <laughs> There's a cloud, but it's just a small one. And it's just the size of a man's hand. But you know what Elijah is? Is the same thing that we are. He's a person of hope. He's a person who refuses to believe that just because our country looks like it's falling apart, that it's over. He continues to have hope for a better day, that God is going to come. God is going to bring his rain. And, and I don't know what drought you're walking through, but your marriage may be going through some dry space. Take this next 21 days. Put your head between your legs and pray, God, I need rain. I need you to move. I need you to do something. I need you to, to come through. You may have a child that is walking away from God right now, and you're going, you know, I refuse to believe that there is no rain coming. God, you are going to move. Your, your presence is gonna rain down on them. Our church, I believe it's been a hard season, you know? It's been a hard season of us not meeting in person for a while and coming back and rebuilding, but you know what? I believe that God is sending rain, a fresh outpouring of his spirit on us, that he's gonna do things, that, that we're gonna see an explosion of life and growth this year, and I'm gonna keep looking for rain, and I'm gonna keep seeing signs of hope, and there'll be some that say, ah, oh, it's just a cloud the size of a man's hand, and I'll go, you know, there's potential for rain in that cloud, that that's actually the hand of God 
coming to move on behalf of our church, our country, our families. And so keep on hoping, believing, and praying for rain. It's coming, guys. It's coming. And so, again, I don't know what your drought is. Some of us, it's financial. Man, this has been a brutal year for you financially. And I want to encourage you, plant yourself in the right soil. We've got some incredible opportunities. In fact, I got a phone call from Dave Ramsey the other day, and and, uh, he checking in, and he was like, listen, I'm I'm only going to do this for a couple of people, but God put Seacoast on my heart. And I want to, I know how tough 2020 has been. I want to offer for the year 2021 all of the Ramsey solution materials, financial peace, entree leadership, all of their stuff for free, for free, which is just amazing. I mean, incredible act of generosity that he offered to Seacoast. Isn't that awesome? And so I was like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. And so uh, if you're struggling financially, get planted in God's word. He's going to help you and it's free. Just text UPDATE to Seacoast, uh, to 32320. It's very simple. 32320, just text the word UPDATE, and we will send you the information to, to get access to those resources. And you could do it on your own, but I'd encourage you to jump in and do it with a group of believers in God's house to grow. Some of you are struggling in your marriage. Get planted. Text the same number, 32320, same deal, UPDATE. We will send you, we've got marriage groups launching all over this place. Reengage, which is really awesome for helping couples kind of re-engage in, in, in their love with each other, it's launching at all of our campuses. We've got great groups. Get planted, get planted, then stay planted. And then we're gonna believe God for that rain. And we're gonna see an explosion of life and of growth, and we're gonna see a super bloom happen in our midst. And so would you guys pray with me as we close? God, we are so grateful We're grateful for our church. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for your word. And so today we are asking for rain. Lord, we are asking you to come in power. We need a move. Lord, we need a move and we want you to come. Help us to be a people who are planted. Lord, in a world where it's so hard to figure out what truth is, help us to be planted in your word, in your truth. Help us to be planted with each other and send your rain. God, I pray for that marriage that feels like they are on the brink right now of divorce. I pray that you would send your rain in the form of maybe a friend, a couple, counseling, a small group, send your rain. I pray that you would send your rain, Lord, a blessing in, in, in the lives of, of th- those people, God, that are struggling with finances or a relationship or whatever it might be. We need you to come in power. And we're not gonna stop looking. <laughs> we're not gonna stop believing. We're not going to stop hoping, Lord, that you are going to move. Thank you for letting us be a part of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.